0: the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Dallin and I am here with Mims. How are you? I'm good. Good. You look really pretty. Oh, thank I you. I like pink on you.
1: Oh, I don't really go this direction. Um, I'm not really a pink person. Then i seen this. And I'm like, what is it about you that I like? I'm wearing a sweater. Yeah. And I think it's the turtleneck. I'm very, I love turtlenecks. It's my thing. I am, like, a sucker for, like, the girly pink with, like, yeah.
0: the edgy accents.
1: Yep, yep. So that's what I was trying to do with my yeah. with my little leather thing and all black. Yeah, okay, you get it.
0: Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I love you. it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. You got anything? Um, I'm just going to mention that there's a crazy lady in Green Bay, well, I shouldn't say she's crazy. She might be sane. She might be. Uh, she did some meth and murdered her boyfriend and... It's crazy that... ...beheaded him and dismembered him and then just went home like yeah. nothing happened with his legs in the car.
1: Right. And so it was it stated that she, she was on meth when this happened? Yeah. Okay. She said she was smoking. They were smoking meth.
0: And I then just... they were having sex. They were having oh. some kinky sex. Some
1: kinky sex. Okay. With like...
0: Um, those choke collars they use oh, on dogs like yeah. you pull one on then they get tighter yes yeah so they were doing that and it got out of hand because she enjoyed choking him too much and ooh. just didn't stop
1: ooh and then that okay that led to one thing and okay yep I, I see I don't want to dive into that too much just because no. I want to like savor that for an episode
0: yeah that's definitely going to be an episode
1: or yeah so here's a little taste test of that. Yep. Just because I'm sure everybody in our area oh, yeah. for sure has. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
0: That's been like the number one news story.
1: And a lot of people were like, what? She's so... like you. Looking at her, you wouldn't think that she would be capable of something like that. No. She looks normal. normal. Yeah.
0: She looks normal. She doesn't look like she's been using
1: that long term. Right. Yeah. I did note that too. I was like, she doesn't look like she's been you know, abusing drugs for a long time. It's not on and her. And she
0: doesn't have a lot of previous charges. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> yeah. I'm very interested.
1: Yeah. Um I just I don't know. I, I've never done meth myself. I Me just either. don't know. No judgment. Like I'm no. not here to judge anybody. Right. But I just want to know like what that feels like for you to you know some people have an amazing time and then some people like this lady went out and fucking did that shit to her partner
0: well long-term Matthews can actually cause schizophrenia
1: oh yes I didn't know that Yep. so
0: I don't know and I don't know if it depends on like what it was made with because this is like Mm. some Random chemicals people are mixing together at home or in the woods somewhere. So I don't know if the reaction's always the same.
1: I I can't imagine that it is. Yeah. I cannot imagine that it is. Just because there's different people making it, it, they must have their own ways of making it i don't know i'm not a i'm not a meth person that's not me if you've ever made meth before please write in and and actually i don't want to have that on my shit don't write that in i don't want to know
0: use an anonymous email address in a name so we don't have to give us the whole
1: give us the whole process i i swear we won't we won't turn i just
0: want to know what it if psychosis is like normal, like a first few times you use it, or if that only develops long term,
1: I'm only interested for for research. Yeah, we're not purposes. Cook no, no, we're not here for that or no, any other. I don't want to blow up. No, that sounds very horrifying and not something that I want to do. No. Um, but you know what? If you're doing that, then that's on you. So
0: pretty much you can still like and review our podcast
1: yeah we're still (laughs) here for you (laughs) this took a turn (laughs) um i'm gonna talk about my friend who i've known since i was 15 he was my first boyfriend in high school i mean it wasn't like a love story we only dated for like four months but we be we were friends still after so that's so this is a lot about him because i'm not like a normal ex i'm fucking psycho so <laughs> not the best uh but he was such a so he passed away um it's really sad because he unfortunately was deported to mexico he has a daughter here and right now they're trying to his family's trying to raise money to bring his body back so that they can lay him to rest here. Obviously his family wants him to be buried here and so that they can have, you know, a place to go visit him and Right. Um
0: his family got to stay and he had to leave? Yes. That's
1: yes. Terrible. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's really sad the whole situation. I've heard rumors of how... I'm not going to go into that. I don't know. I don't have facts, so I'm not going to say this is what I heard. Um, No matter matter the cause, it's
0: devastating. Yes,
1: yeah. So, he passed away. It's horrible. Um, The community's really sad about it, and we're here for the family. We're here for friends, anybody that knew him. He was a lovely person. Um, Can't say anything bad about him. Uh, There is a, a GoFundMe for... Uh, his funeral costs, if you would like to donate, uh, the last time I checked it was this morning, and it was, they got up to, like, $2,000, I think, or okay. close to that, so that's really impressive. Um, that's really awesome that everybody's just yeah. trying to help out, and even just sharing it and, like, talking about him is also really important, too, so... Um, and how
0: is it... Expensive for them to try to get them back from Mexico? Like, that's going to be an extensive process, right?
1: I have no idea what it all entails, and that's actually a really good point. Um, They are asking for $10,000. Okay. So I'm assuming that it does. Take probably a long time to get the body here, and like some legal assistance, right? Exactly. So anything can help. You know, I've seen people just donate five, ten dollars, but it still adds up. If everybody pitches in a little bit, it will amount to a lot. So right. Um, But we here at all the sins of Wisconsin want to let everybody know. about reuben his name is reuben Leon. we did make a post for him um yeah. if you guys want to go and check that out um so yeah very sorry for your loss thanks um it's really it's sad i i'm sad for his family and i'm sad that they are going through this so um that's that's what is really sad to me about it yeah that is very sad I think it's your turn.
0: Oh, luckily I found this story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we always have some sort of ordeal. We're panicking. Some kind of technical difficulty. Sweating. <laughs> oh just yeah, a hot mess.
0: Yes. So for some reason, Microsoft Word hates me,
1: and maybe I should like graduate to Google Docs. I would really. <laughs> I think that that's something you should do.
0: <laughs> so my story would acted like it was corrupted but luckily my daughter was able to create it into a pdf for me at home and send it to me shout out to her so thank Thank you you. maya if you're listening to our murder podcast thank you she really is obsessed with true crime too so
1: oh it's like a mini you really (laughs) right oh it's so cute all right so today
0: i am telling the story of Jeanette louise zapata this story takes place in Madison, Wisconsin. I swear I don't purposely get Madison cases,
1: but... You love Madison. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> have, like, a love-hate thing with Madison, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always like,
1: hmm, the police could of done Butter
0: in every Madison story.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you're just coming for them all the time. Yeah. That's I hope- all right. Yeah. It's not your fault.
0: No, you're right. Yeah. I shouldn't feel bad about that. No, don't. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So today my sources are cbsnews.com slash news slash into thin air and the thegenefoundation.wordpress.com. the com, that is foundation created by one of her children, and abc11.com. So today I want to start with some background on Jeanette so we can hear a little bit about her before we get into, you know... All the bad stuff. Yes. Let's do that. And so in nineteen fifty four, Jeanette got her pilot's license at age sixteen, becoming the youngest person to get their pilot's license. Then she went on to become a flight instructor at Frickleton School of Aeronautics in Truaxfield, Wisconsin, which is right by Madison. Oh, okay. In nineteen seventy six. And she was most likely the only female flight instructor at this time in the area.
1: Badass b Yes, she
0: was. So in addition to her awesome career accomplishments, she was also a mother of three children, who she was raising mostly alone after the separation from her husband, Eugene Sabata. Eugene had limited visitation with his children, only from 9 to 12 on Saturday mornings, and this was due to a restraining order that Jeanette had taken out on Eugene. Their divorce was very
1: contentious, hmm. as a lot of them are. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of amical divorces. I know they're out there, but yeah. they're very far and few between, and that sucks. It does because that's like, like a whole. Like you got to bring the financials into this. If you mm-hmm. have kids, you got to bring them kids into this. You got to bring the house, the the cars, whatever. It's all. It's like the ultimate, obviously breakup. So yeah, it's the dog, who, the dog, dogs
0: usually end up being like so fought over.
1: I no, I would fight tooth and nail for my my dogs. Those are my babies. Yeah. okay? Maybe he can keep Muna, but Anakin's... <laughs> luna the new one and she is the new one is she okay this is the thing though she's so sassy she's yeah. i love her but she's so sassy and she knows it like mm. they my 70 pound dog is walking around with his little toy right mm-hmm. and this 10 pound dog comes over rips it out of his mouth and just runs away looks back at him like <laughs> and i'm like oh you're like that that's so funny oh my god Okay, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm just side-eyeing her each time. I'm just like, oh, God. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, their divorce
0: has... That's the majority of divorces we Mm -hmm. hear about was contentious. And it was rumored that Eugene was very upset that his soon-to-be ex-wife had moved on with her life. Oof. So... I'm gonna call her Jean from now on because that's what her friends and her daughter called her. So Jean had reportedly confided in friends that she had left Eugene because he had published semi-nude photos of her in swingers magazines oh. without her permission.
1: Oh no. Oh no can no you imagine. No. Okay. I have a little story. I'm gonna I'm gonna be so sidetracked today, I can already feel it. It's okay. Okay. Every time we record at night, we're a hot mess. <laughs> I think I'm allowed a little bit. You are. So Have you ever been in a situation like that? Yes. Okay. I feel like every woman has with some sort of asshole ex-boyfriend. And it's so terrible that people do that. Like, you send, which maybe you shouldn't do, but you're in a relationship. You send, you know, nudes or whatever it may be. And then it goes south and then they threaten you with posting it or whatever. And that's just so... I don't... That's another level of disrespect. I can't even handle it.
0: Yeah, so my ex... I hadn't even sent him the pictures. He had came by to see our son, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. You want to keep an eye on him? I need to take a shower. hmm And... He had opened the bathroom door sometime when I was in the shower and took a picture of me and showed them to everybody. No! And I worked at the mall at the time and people were coming up to me and telling me. Oh my god! And I wanted to murder him. What a
1: terrible, terrible person. Yeah. Just because he was angry at you? Yeah. Oh my god! Mm Mm-hmm. Psycho. Psycho, psycho. Yep.
0: So... I can't imagine like a spouse betraying
1: the other person's trust this way. It,
0: my husband would not want anybody
1: to, <laughs> to oh my see god me. I, I was literally just gonna say that like Jake has intimate stuff on his phone <laughs> and he won't even like give like his friends or his family his phone so that that never even gets like leaked or any or like even slightly viewed because right that's just terrible. But he's like, yeah, I never did that because I didn't want anybody else to see you. I'm like, that's normal. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he's so funny. Yeah, he's a good husband. He is. Shout out to you, babe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then let's go to October 11th, 1976. This day started off as a normal day. Jean helped her three children get ready for the school and sent them on their way. When the kids returned home from school, however, Eugene was there. Mm. And he told the kids their mom probably needed a break and would be back in a couple of weeks. No. 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 My kids would be like, yeah, fucking right. Yeah, right. Where's my mom? Where's yeah. my dinner? <laughs> She's oh, supposed what to be are you, here for who, me. Who is supposed to take care of us? Yeah, no. Like if but, I go out of town for a day, they look at me like, um Are you who's okay? gonna watch us? Yeah. <laughs> Your dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're oh. like, are you sure you can
1: do it? Oh my god. Yeah. No. <laughs> there's no, no way. There's no. No.
0: So after this, I mean, I guess most of the kids were young. They didn't really know what to think. They're just like, well, dad said she needed a break. Yeah. So I yeah. guess they were probably less vocal than my children.
1: Right. And it, like you said, they're younger. So they probably yeah. just, they're more, they listen to their parents more than, yeah. you know, you have teenagers. and it, Yeah. So. Yeah. They understand. Like, your kids would understand more. Right. The oldest was 10 or 11. Yeah.
0: But my nine-year-old would be the worst (laughs) at home. Oh, my God. There's no way. He'd be like, she didn't leave without me. Right. Yeah. If she was going on vacation, I would be with her. Oh,
1: I love that. (laughs) I love that.
0: And so a couple of days later, one of her coworkers, Ivan, reported... I can't talk. Reported Jean missing after she failed to show up at work. Mm -hmm. So she was supposed to be training somebody at the flight school, and she didn't show up. And then when he still hadn't heard from her, he's like, there's definitely something wrong here. So he called the Madison police and reported her missing. Wow. That's awesome. Then he called her house, and he talked to Eugene. And he's like, hey, you know, what's up, bro? Did you report your wife missing? Right, right. And he's like, no, I didn't. And Ivan was like, well... It's a good thing I did, that. Ooh. He was not having Just, it. Just,
1: like, bitch slapped him with that information? Mm-hmm.
0: And so, Officer Greg Martin, who assumed to be a detective, showed up after the call. So, they were like, oh, well, this is your training to be a detective call. Oh. Yeah. A searcher, So, he shows up, and he searches the home, and he revealed that she had left behind her purse, her money... Her new car... Oh, my God. She left out a coat. She left other clothing. Like, all of her things were there. Right. There's only one thing missing from her residence, which was a thirty odd 6 rifle.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no.
0: And he reports immediately feeling like something was off with Eugene. Even when he went... They had Eugene do a lie detector test, and even when he passed everyone at the police department thought his behavior was strange. Okay,
1: at least they weren't like, well, he passed, so...
0: No, they were like, there's definitely something wrong. Okay, good. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you're gonna get mad. Oh no, oh no, I was just feeling so <laughs> confident in them. And, no, it sounded really good, didn't oh, it? God damn it. And so Jean's family was incredibly concerned about her disappearance. They thought it was totally uncharacteristic of her to leave without telling anyone, and no one believed for a second she would abandon her children. Mm-hmm. Like, good moms do not
1: do that. No, good moms don't. No, good moms right. don't. Emphasis on good moms. Yeah, some moms do.
0: Yeah. I've seen
1: them. But they're not the the good ones.
0: No, and you know those ones. Right. Then. Yeah. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. <laughs> If you're listening, I am judging you for that. Yeah, not, I would.
1: Not for meth, but. <laughs> no, not not for the meth, but for being a bad, a bad mom. mom.
0: There's nothing worse to me than being a bad mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, adding on to the mystery is the fact that at eight fifteen on the morning of her disappearance, Jean had called her dis- attorney's office and left a message, and then she later returned the call that morning, and she was surprised to hear Eugene answered the phone, and Eugene was like, "Oh yeah, Jean's not here, but her person stuff is to the lawyer." Oh, yeah so him being there mm-hmm. was a violation of the restraining order Ooh. and he's just answering the phone like yeah. he's like, like he owns the place be there. right yeah i thought it was super weird excuse me sir i think i would have called the police immediately <laughs>
1: you you would call the police <gasps> over i don't know or go over there yeah <laughs> <laughs> just excuse banging on the me, door sir
0: sir why are you here <laughs> You know, I filed a restraining order for my client. Yeah.
1: Why are you here? Yeah, absolutely. That is the biggest red flag if I've ever heard it. Yeah.
0: And then after this, the police would soon find out about the pictures in the Swinger Mm -hmm. magazine. So they found out a little more information. The post office reported that they had called Jean one day. Due to finding x rated materials in a post office box. Oh my God. A post office box that Jean didn't know existed prior to this call. So she goes there to look through the materials like, what are they talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And she discovered that her husband had taken out an ad. Mm-mm. Didn't just put her in there, he Mm-mm. had taken out an ad in the Swingers magazine featuring her nude images. So from what I could gather, it sounds like people could write into the ad. I don't know if they were paying him or what, and then he was sending them oh, her pictures. God,
1: this is the worst type of person. Yeah, the most scorned ex I've ever heard.
0: Oh, and they were still married at this point. This oh. is bef- this is the catalyst to, for the divorce. That's pathetic because they. It sounds like they were having some issues with their sex life. He was having some issues with the sex life. So she was like, oh, I'll spice it up. You can take some pictures of me. And then he turned around and put them in a magazine. What a sick fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he's terrible. It would then also be revealed that Eugene had hired a private investigator to follow Jean a month before her disappearance. He was apparently very unhappy with the current visitation arrangement and the two were fighting for custody of the children.
1: Okay, but that doesn't mean, like, hire an investigator for your wife like if you're unhappy about the arrangement for the kids yeah what does it have to do with anything
0: nothing what a freak he wanted to know what she was doing yeah he was going into the house and going through her stuff like going through her panty jar uh, like smelling her pants uh,
1: i don't understand why people do that like do you think it smells good because i mean it's to see if she was having sex. Oh! To see if it smelled like sex. I mean, why would it be in a drawer if it's not washed, first of all, sir? <laughs> <You know. laughs> what do you think she's doing? Just shoving her used panties in the drawer after she has sex with somebody? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know I'm what he was very thinking. In range.
0: Yeah, he's really not my favorite person. Oh, my God. So... Okay, so... Despite all of this information, Mm -hmm. Madison police assumed Jean had left of her own volition. Oh, my God. And the investigation into her disappearance did not last. Actually, it went cold after three weeks. Nope, 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 nope. So they gave him a lie detector test. They gave the boyfriend a lie detector test.
1: They both passed. They're
0: just like, oh, she must have just decided she didn't want to deal with anybody
1: anymore. So, what happened to the initial red flags that the police had? Like, they're I have just no idea. out the window, huh? The flags yeah. are out the window. I mean,
0: the man said nothing happened, so. Right, so the man
1: says, and that is what it is, and the woman follows behind the man and just, you know, yeah. it's just how it she goes. Just, she
0: just didn't want to be told what to do, so mm-hmm. she just left. I mean, what kind of woman divorces their husband in 1976? Probably a whore, right? Probably
1: a whore. Even though mm-hmm. he's putting her in the the whatever swingers magazines. I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Well, I know they used to have like the entertainment magazines at the strip clubs. And they had ads in there for swingers. Oh, okay. Or for like sex workers. Okay. I don't know what they do in 2022. I don't know. Maybe just...
1: I don't know. I was going to say Craigslist, but I think that's even outdated.
0: Yeah, they don't let you do it on Craigslist because there was that guy that was killing people. Oh. The Craigslist killer. Oh, yeah. Damn, you're not safe anywhere. No. No, you're not. (laughs) Not even at home. Not even at home. (laughs) This is why we give people anxiety. Yes. So, they decided she just ran away. (sighs) And Jean's kids were left to think that their mother simply walked away and left them never to be heard from again. That's terrible. And this idea was further pushed by Eugene, who ended up with custody of the children. Oh, God. Not only with custody, but he just moved back into the home Mm. like nothing happened.
1: Mm -mm. Mm -mm.
0: Jean's oldest daughter, Linda, reports that no one ever talked to the children about their mom at all, and that even saying the word mom was completely taboo. Ugh. And then two years after Jean disappeared, Eugene would go on to marry his current wife, Joan. Of course. Mm-hmm. However, this could have just ended right here, but there's always a bad bitch that comes in like, nah, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna fly like this. I
1: live for those bad
0: bitches. Me too. So Jean's best friend, Peggy Weekly, would never Ever believe that
1: her best friend did
0: this? She's like, No,
1: it didn't happen. This reminds me of the Chris Watts. Yeah. And like the friend was like five, like an hour after she dropped, not really, I'm just, I, I'm exaggerating, but like an hour after she dropped her friend off at home was like on the phone with police. She's not answering mm-hmm. and she goes through like everything. It's like, Her medication's here. What is, what is yep. happening? Yeah, everybody needs a friend like she's a little bit over the top, but everybody needs a friend like that,
0: <laughs> right? I'm sure if people couldn't get a hold of me for a couple of days, they would know something was wrong.
1: Yeah, I I mean you're not like an instant texter, but you yeah. you text within the day. So I would yeah. if it was like a few days, I'd be like, Wait, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> so.
0: Peggy says she's going to get justice. Mm -hmm. She said she believed from the beginning there was foul play involved. She never gave up. And they had been best friends since the 1950s. Before there was a husband, before there was children, Mm -hmm. and they remained friends as Jean married Eugene, who was a promising engineer at the time. They stayed friends when she had her three children, Linda, Christine, and Steve. And... Even after the couple had their children and Eugene was working for the Department of Transportation and that's when Jean got to return to work, teaching at the flight school, after her kids went off to school. See, so you know it's a dedicated mom when she like took a break from her passion, her career that she loves so much to be home with the kids until yes. they went back to school. That's yes. not a mom
1: that runs away. Absolutely not. That's such a good point.
0: So Peggy said she was aware the marriage wasn't great. But it wasn't discussed much because good girls don't have marital problems. That was the times we were in. Yeah.
1: I hope that that's not still carrying on to this day for people. Like, that's not the norm because people right. are not perfect and relationships are not perfect. And
0: no, sometimes we're the out pain here struggling. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, sometimes we don't like each other. And right. that's okay. Yeah.
0: So, uh, despite them trying not to talk about it, the problems wouldn't stay behind closed doors forever, because in May of 1976, Jean went on to file for the divorce. And then, which is what led to all the craziness we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. Then in November of 2004, Piggy was still haunted by her best friend's disappearance. So, she called the Madison Police Department. She didn't even live in Wisconsin anymore, but she's Mm -hmm. like, let me call home. Oh, my God. (laughs) do you have a cold case unit? And they're like, no.
1: What?
0: So, they did give the file to a detective, Marianne Flynn Stats. Gotta give it to a woman. Mm-hmm. Marianne quickly realized that more should have been done in the case. She, like, looked at it, and she's like, wow, these men fuck this up. Yeah. As they do. Mm-hmm. And she didn't believe for a second that Jean simply ran away. So she did the smart thing, and she searched social security records. She searched flight licenses. And she even did an Interpol search to see if, like, she went to a new country and got a flight license. Because that's not something I feel like you're going to give up if you decide to run away. You're still going to want to fly.
1: Yeah, and you still need to be active. And, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't use your social security but the fact that that's like not Mm -hmm. that's crazy i guess if you went to a different country you wouldn't have to use
0: social security number you would get something else right
1: oh oh no idea yeah i don't know about that
0: i don't know what they do in other countries yeah me neither probably something better (laughs) (laughs) and there is no hits anywhere So, Detective Marianne was sure that Jean was dead. Mm. So, she began talking to witnesses in the case. She went back, like, I'll start at the beginning. Mm I want to know everything. So, she found Jean's oldest daughter, Linda, who is still living in Madison and working as a nurse. So, she contacted her. And Linda reports thinking that they had found her mom when she got the call. Like, oh, they found my mom. I wonder if she's outside, like with the detective. That breaks my heart. Because she really thought her mom ran away. Oh my
1: God. And that someday she would just pop back up. He brainwashed these. Yeah. These kids. Yeah. That did not deserve this Mm -mm. and fucked their whole lives. Yep.
0: Wow. So. Linda quickly realizes that this wasn't the case, and she quickly realized after talking to the detective that her father was a suspect in her mother's disappearance. Ugh. I can't imagine. No. Like because that. you lose
1: your parent. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your other parent could have done such something so heinous. Yep. And lied to you your whole life. Yes. Deceived you, made you believe... That your mother abandoned you, Mm -hmm. which is already heartbreaking. And then all of a sudden, that's not true. And then your dad is a psycho. Yep. Pretty much. Wow.
0: So then Detective Marianne's next step was to go to the Zapata's former residence. And when she went around the residence, she realized that there was a crawl space that wasn't indicated in the previous police reports. Mm -hmm. So she's like... Hmm, this is interesting. Let me bring some dogs in here. So she got some cadaver dogs mm-hmm. and she searched the area, searched the crawl space, and they indicated for the scent of human remains, mm-hmm. which affirmed Marianne's suspicions that there's no body there, but they still alerted. So at one point, something was, some person was dead in the crawl space at some point. Ugh. When the case was reopened, Eugene and his second wife were living in Nevada. Once he caught word of what was going on, like he heard the case was being reopened, he unexpectedly showed back up in Madison. Okay, nope. like, hey, what's going on?
1: Nobody just shows back up in Madison. Right?
0: So Linda thought this was odd. She's like, I don't know why, but my dad's here. So she contacted the police and Detective Marianne like, um, yeah, my dad just showed up. Didn't Mm -hmm. know he was coming. He's here, though. Mm, No. So Eugene managed to avoid Detective Marianne while he was in town. So she went to Nevada to talk to him. Wow. So she's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And eventually she would get his cell phone information and was able to track his movements while he was in town. Wow. She's just doing the Lord's work. She is. She found out that he went to a storage locker. Oh, okay. He went on a Walmart shopping trip. And then he went to a landfill about 80 miles from Madison.
1: That's always a landfill. Oh, my God. He, oh, my God. I don't even, you haven't even said anything. And it's (laughs) like, no. I know. She's not trash.
0: No. No, people are trash. Stop putting people in landfills, guys. Yeah.
1: That's her. I'm sure there's like murderers listening. Like, okay, I'm going to stop putting the They're people like, oh,
0: okay,
1: I'll, I'll, I'm going to stop doing that.
0: Yeah. So, Detective Marianne called Walmart to get the receipt from Eugene's purchase, and here's what he bought mm. two gallons of water, an odor absorbing mask, a few large containers, a tarp, two cans of Lysol, some pledge wipes, scissors recycling bags, and paper towels. And Detective Marianne thought this looked like supplies used to dispose of a body. Ugh. The history of the storage lockers showed that Eugene had rented it in 2001, and then he moved everything out when he came home on that trip on April 14th, 2005. No one else had rented it yet when she found out about it, so she got the cadaver dogs again, and she went to the locker to search it. And the dogs indicated for human remains in the locker as well, mm. and in the trunk of the car that Eugene had rented while he was in town. Wow. This led Detective Marianne to believe that Eugene had been moving Jean's remains around, and now that they were likely in the Janesville landfill. Ugh. They kind of knew that finding her in the landfill would be impossible. They did search for five days. They didn't find her, though. Yeah. But Detective Marianne knew something had to be done. So she called Linda and asked her to do something really hard. She asked her to call her father and ask about her mother's disappearance in hopes that he would say something that would catch him up.
1: That's a good play.
0: Yeah, I just feel so bad for Linda having to be stuck in the middle of all this. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Eugene would not confess to Linda. Mm-hmm. He just kind of brushed off her questions, as people like him do. hmm But despite this, Detective Marianne had gotten enough information to obtain a search warrant for Eugene's things in Nevada. This led her to a safety deposit box that contained envelopes which said, destroy, do not read. <laughs> What? Yeah, (laughs) these envelopes contained information that led prosecutors to believe that Eugene was stalking Jean prior to her disappearance. So he still had the records of all of her movements and daily activities and everything that he was keeping track of. What a psycho! In the safe deposit
1: box. Oh my god. Okay, you are so dumb. Because Mm -hmm. why do you have? What What did it say? Destroy. Yeah, destroy. Do not read.
0: That th- what are you going to do if you see that?
1: I, I'm immediately going to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read it yeah. immediately. Yeah. And probably take pictures with my phone. Absolutely. So I can let everybody else read it. Make copies. Yeah. Put it on a bulletin board. Yeah. Oh, my God. This guy's a lunatic.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hmm. So he says he was not stalking her. He was just building a custody case against her. Okay, guy. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, clearly, if she has sex with somebody else, that means she's a terrible parent, right?
1: Yeah, he can go but fuck himself. But she can be nude in a swingers magazine. That's that's the whole thing. Like that's what really gets me is that you are unhappy with the sex life, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, and she, you're you're unhappy with the the marriage. She moves on, Mm-hmm. and then you. Turn around while she, you know, must have been calling her a whore or whatever the case may be. And just paint her out to be what you hate for her to be. Yeah. It makes zero sense.
0: No. None at all. And it sounded to me like he had some erectile dysfunction issues that were making him a very angry man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How about you take that anger and go find a doctor and talk to him about that, because that's not her problem.
0: No. But I think he made it seem like it was.
1: Oh, that, that's all. Oh, this guy. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do that.
0: Yep. So, on September 4th, 2007, Eugene would go on trial for the murder of Gene. Unfortunately, this trial would end in a hung jury... And on September 17th, 2007, Eugene would walk away a free man. Oh! However, Eugene would then shock everyone. Before he could be tried again, he would agree to confess if the charges would be reduced to reckless homicide. And the prosecutors agreed because no. they wanted closure on the case no. for the kids.
1: That enough should have been like, mm-hmm. you already basically saying you're, you did it. Yep. So... Why can't we go for the whole whatever people say? I don't know. So, the chilling
0: story emerges. On the day of her disappearance, Eugene had went over to the house and an argument ensued, which I'm sure it did because why the fuck are you there? Mm Mm-hmm. And the argument quickly turned violent In Eugene hit Jean in the back of the head with a paperweight. He then strangled her. Mm-hmm. He claims he doesn't remember strangling her, but he remembers his hands and forearms hurting. <laughs> and then he wrapped a cord around her neck to make sure she was dead. After she was dead, Eugene bought a vacant lot and buried her where she would remain for 25 years. Oh man! Before he moved to Nevada, he got nervous and he dug her up and moved her body to a storage locker. Once he realized he was a suspect, he flew back to Wisconsin where he dismembered her body and disposed of her in the landfill. After all of this, he would only be sentenced to five years. No. And he would only serve three years. No. Due to the sentencing laws of the state at the time of the crime. So I don't know if people know that, but if you did something in 1960, well, only murder, murder is the only one that has an unlimited statute. Mm -hmm. limitations so you get sentenced under 1960 laws because that's when the offense happened
1: oh I did not know that
0: by 22 laws oh my god whenever the crime took place no yeah so he only had to serve three years (sighs) the only real justice comes in Linda knowing that her mom did not abandon her yeah and just a little bit of closure that comes along with that but despite his confession Eugene still professes his innocence What? and his wife and other children believe him no yeah and they're mad at Linda no yeah they like keep betrayed she betrayed them then <sighs> he didn't really do it
1: i don't i i cannot be mad at the other kids because they're so brainwashed yeah. by this lunatic yeah so it's not their fault Yeah. He is despicable.
0: Yeah. The good thing is, on April 12th of 2008, Linda was finally able to hold a memorial service for her mom. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, I have a random fact about this case. Mm -hmm. Eugene was represented by Dean Strang, Stephen Avery's lawyer, from um, Making a Murder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, he was his lawyer.
1: Well... Yeah, I have my own opinions about Stephen Avery, but that's a, that's a whole <laughs> other episode. It's probably like fifty episodes. Yes, yes.
0: So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like some people just bring out the worst in each other? Like it was just their marriage that made him crazy. Like he was just so obsessed with her because he's still married to this other woman, as far as I could find. Or do mm-hmm. you think the other woman is just puts up with more abuse?
1: Oh, that is. I was trying to figure that out while I was I think that's working on this. That's a two-parter. I think the person could be who they are with anybody mm-hmm. and just like you said they can find somebody that's just like, yeah, okay, I'll just put up with this. Or I have a situation where I had an ex who we brought the worst out of each other. Mm-hmm. Cheating, you know, violence, just Terrible, terrible. Don't know why we were together. It was just basically, like, the obsession. Yeah. And now I'm, like, in a perfectly normal relationship where that is so foreign to me. Right. So, I think it could be either way. Yeah. There's that one person that you should just not be with.
0: Yeah. I I had a relationship like that, too. That's why I was wondering, like... Yeah. If that was normal.
1: (laughs) I, I... Yeah. I definitely think that is normal because... It's like, what is that, the The mixture that doesn't go well, the, the vinegar and... Oil and water. Or, wow, where did I get vinegar from? <laughs> yeah, oil and water. Like, they just don't mix, and then you put water and whatever else that mixes, and boom, you got yeah, something great.
0: Um, maybe you're thinking vinegar and baking soda, because it
1: erupts. Oh, maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that... No. <laughs> no? But thank you for giving me that much credit.
0: <laughs> yes. So... It could be. Yeah. Because I just don't know, like, you still have a happy relationship now?
1: Yeah, that is that she... is a little crazy. Especially because he seems, like,
0: so terrible. He was clearly obsessed with her, and he kept moving her around. That's... uh why would you keep and her keeping th- the documents.
1: Yeah, that is really bizarre. I think he's a freak, no matter who he's with. I do, too. Because you kind of don't just not want to murder people i feel like (laughs) right you either are a murderer or not not. point blank yeah Mm. okay are you ready i'm ready Mm, girl okay (laughs) so this is the fatal overdoses of kendra rito and jordan may
0: okay
1: so this story hits close to home Um, As it pertains to someone who I knew, someone in my friend circle, and someone I shared conversations with, drinks with, and personally have uh, positive thoughts for in regards to Kendra, I did not know Jordan. Um, So I'm going to preface this, that the purpose of my part of the episode is not to shame or to speak ill of anybody, besides the people that are involved besides the people that were victims um it is to talk about how much of a hold drugs have on people and what happened to the beautiful Kendra and Jordan who deserve to have their stories told yeah no matter what was you know taking hold of them in their lives
0: yeah, addiction is really hard because mm-hmm. people don't choose to be like that and they get shunned by society mm-hmm. and it's so it's mm-hmm. just a terrible place to be in.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I personally struggled with addiction myself, so I I I understand the struggle. Yeah. And it's just it's not It's not something that you want to go through, really. So. Yeah, it's not like people wake up like, I really want to be stuck doing drugs for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, my sources are from Wapaca Now, Fox 11, WSAW, The Post Crescent, W Bay, We Are Green Bay, Valley FH, and WNCY. Um, so, I'm going to talk about Kendra first. Okay. Kendra was born on October 27th, 1996 in Appleton, Wisconsin. She was a happy-go-lucky, just beautiful girl. You couldn't not look at her and like, just not smile because she was always smiling, always vibrant. Um, I can remember that she could strike up a conversation with anybody. She was just that type of person. She enjoyed... Uh, the outdoors, hunting, fishing, hiking, riding her motorcycle. I distinctly remember her always posting about being on a motorcycle, and I'm like, get a girl.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Uh, she enjoyed crafting, um, but she also had uh, a passion, and that was her um, puppy, Jax. Um So after graduating high school, uh, Kendra was employed at Pierce Manufacturing as an engineering print room clerk. Um, so at some point, you know, there is a mix with drugs. I don't know the timeline for that. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's really important, but it was a part of her life. On April 22nd, 2021, New London police responded to a call for a welfare check as she had missed work for two days and nobody had seen her or heard from her recently at that time, which is really strange for her. Uh, When officers entered Kendra's apartment, they found her body, bags of heroin, and methamphetamines. So, unfortunately for Kendra, it was too late when officers did the welfare check, and she was deceased at the age of 24, which is just so crazy to me. It's so sad. An autopsy found that Kendra died of an overdose of heroin and fentanyl. Uh, Police say they received a a number of tips... Oh my god, I can't talk today either. (laughs) ...of tips indicating two individuals that regularly supplied Kendra with drugs. Um, After reviewing Kendra's phone, it showed messages between her and her dealer indicating that the heroin... And fentanyl was supplied to Kendra on the 20th. Um, these texts helped the investigators narrow down who her dealers were in order to pursue legal justice for Kendra's death. So, for Jordan, on May 30th, 2021, shortly before 2 a.m., Jordan's girlfriend called 911 and reported that a man had overdosed and was unconscious. She said, a man. She didn't say her boyfriend? No. Okay. Deputy Curtis Much was the first to arrive at the residence on Beggs Hill Road in the town of Lynde and was the person to find Jordan lying motionless on the floor. It was noted that his lips were purplish, blue, and his skin was pale. The deputy saw a syringe on the floor and asked Jessica Bell, who... Um, was a girlfriend, what Jordan had taken. She replied, I don't know, probably heroin. And she then walked out of the room and sat down on the living room sofa. A deputy munch reported, Jessica did not seem concerned nor panicked about Jordan's condition, so I began life-saving measures. So she was just casually reporting it. I wonder if she was maybe high at this point. That's what I was
0: wondering. Was she on drugs?
1: I don't know. Um, But that seems pretty disturbing the way she was... Or in shock? Or maybe in shock, but the fact that she's like, I don't know. Could be heroin. Who knows? You know?
0: Because I think I would have said that on the phone.
1: Yeah. I would have been like, oh my God, something's happened. This is crazy. Like, I would be freaking out. I don't know. But everybody does things differently. I would have been calm, but I still would have said like... I believe he
0: overdosed on heroin because they right. could bring drugs it, to save him then. Yes,
1: absolutely right. So, the Gold Cross paramedics arrived and connected their monitor to deputies' Munch's, Munch's AED pads. Chest compressions continued while the paramedics administered Narcon. Um, and they were able to restore his heartbeat, giving people hope that Jordan would pull through. So then Jordan was then airlifted to a hospital but on June 1st he was declared brain dead. So unfortunately at the age of 33 he was removed from life support on June 5th as he could not continue the rest of his life um, or he would continue the rest of his life uh, being brain dead.
0: That tells me that he was unconscious for a long period before she called
1: it's horrific because it, if
0: they got there right away and gave him Narcan quickly, right, he wouldn't be brain dead. Exactly, he had to be not getting oxygen for a long time.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know how to. She called police, so there's that. But yeah, she did. She really save him? No, I don't think so. No. Um. Da, 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 da. So Jordan's girlfriend mentioned to police that she purchased heroin from a man who got it from a person named april hartigan um so jennifer bautista may has her son close to her in her home in an urn as his final resting place she spoke out to the media a lot in regards to um his death um and just she was so heartbroken over it obviously Uh, his mom said Jordan dealt with manic depression and bipolar disorder during his youth and used alcohol and marijuana to self-medicate. Um, as he got older, Jordan switched to harder drugs and there weren't enough resources in Ropaca to help him. A lot of it has to do with mental health and they don't have insurance, so it's cheaper. This cheap drug that they can get, that they can take one shot of and they feel great, or going to a psychiatrist with no money, trying to get meds with no money, that's what his mom stated. Yeah, she's not wrong. Yeah. So she also stated, the people that were able to get the drugs to them, I just don't think he would have done it if it wouldn't have been so easily available. He wasn't looking for it. So. Mm. I know. Like, I i think she, It's a mom it's a mom thing yeah. and obviously she would she wants to defend him in any way right. which is you know it, her place to do so yeah um so it just breaks my heart that this mother outlived her son and it also breaks my heart that he struggled with mental illness and that the most affordable option for him for treatment was drugs yeah as it is for a lot of people yeah so, as I mentioned before, April Hardigan um was one of the drug dealers and Aaron Van Dyke who was 31 um they were both New London residents and they were taken into custody on June 2nd, 2021 after the drug overdose of Kendra. The links were made from text messages found on Kendra's phone and tips made on Jordan's behalf. Um, so people knew who was dealing the drugs to jordan mm-hmm. so they called that in and were giving tips for that um and detectives
0: have like a whole database right. of people like you wouldn't even know they have like secret little notes oh, about wow. everybody yeah so they know like who's involved in what and once you get people's text messages thats facebook messages you know their entire lives yeah
1: like So true.
0: I've learned so much about people that I don't want to know through (laughs) (laughs) reading through their phone and, like, social media messages. Yeah,
1: that's... Because I've
0: worked on cases involving overdoses. Oh, shit. So I've seen all the records and everything that goes into it.
1: Yeah. That's their whole world, you know? It's right at their fingertips, and, Mm -hmm. yeah, it gives you their entire life right there. Yep. Um, So April told investigators that she and Aaron had been trafficking illegal drugs and made numerous trips to Milwaukee to buy heroin, which they sold in Wapaka County for resale. April admitted to investigators they'd been trafficking drugs for some time, making numerous trips. Um, She said Aaron provided the money and April helped to sell it in exchange for drugs for herself to get high. Aaron, I think it's just a vicious cycle. Honestly, it is. it's just it. It just never ends, really. Unless you decide for yourself, it, it ends there.
0: Yeah, that's hard to do with heroin, though.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's uh, you know, people. I mean, it's sh- hard with everything. Yeah. But, yeah, it's hard to quit smoking uh, cigarettes. Yeah, it's hard to quit uh, drinking. You know, it's hard yeah. all around. Uh, yeah. People have their vices. Yeah. Um. So. Interesting enough, Erin previously pleaded no contest in a 2015 charge of manufacturing um, and delivering heroin. Online records show April has theft, drunk driving, and drug charges dating back to 2009, and she was out on bond for drug and child neglect charges from 2020 when she was arrested. Aaron also faces two counts of first-degree reckless homicide as party to a crime in possession of various drugs. Uh, Charges were also filed against an additional three people. New London resident Patrick Roden, age 36, Jessica Bell, age 39, who was a girlfriend. Um, uh, Jessica Bell told Detective Sergeant John Logan, that's a, a mouthful, right there. Detective Sergeant John Loken. <laughs> um, that she went to Patrick Roden's room at the Rainbow Motel, in New London, and purchased heroin and meth from him. Deputies executed a search warrant at Roden's room. They reported finding a tan powder and a gem gem bag, similar to the one they believed belonged to Jessica. The powder tested positive for fentanyl, and Patrick Roden said he bought a forty dollar or forty dollars of heroin from April, which he then gave to Jessica. so it just seems like they're all connected in this drug ring of some sort. There's a lot of
0: heroin in New London,
1: yeah, I don't get it.
0: yeah, it's really bad though,
1: yeah. On October 20th, 2020, Wapaka County charged April. She was released from custody 10 days later after posting a 1500 cash bond. Is that, like, typical for drug-related charges? She's snitching. <laughs> she's, like, right away you said that. That's so that's Otherwise, so funny. her bond would be high. I know. I, I thought that was ridiculous when I no, read that. She's working with them. Ooh, watch out. On November 20th, 2020, Outagamie County charged Patrick. He was released from custody on a 1500 signature bond.
0: Oh, he's definitely snitching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He didn't even have to pay anything.
1: Yep. Aaron Van Dyke returned to court for status conference on April 8th. And on June 24th, detectives searched a Milwaukee residence where 20-year-old Demirgian hillard carter was taken into custody during the search investigators say that they found more than 19.3 grams of crack cocaine 1.6 grams of fentanyl 15.8 grams of a bran ta- tan powdery substance which they said that was heroin before um 368 grams of thc which is whatever it's weed get over it right uh a pistol, an a semi automatic rifle, and numerous controlled substance packaging materials and nine thousand six hundred and thirty six dollars in cash.
0: See, that's who she told on.
1: Mm. So she said
0: they were going to Milwaukee and then he got busted. Yes. So she snitched on him.
1: Yes. So the everything was seized and um here goes the trial. On June 24th, detectives used the Milwaukee Police Department Tactical Enforcement Unit uh, for the search warrant that took place and, uh, at the Milwaukee residence. So, Demarjian, I'm butchering his name, Demargian Demargian was 20 years old. He was the youngest out of all of these when they found all of these in his home. He was then transported to Wapaka County Jail and is still in custody, the first, the five people that were arrested are facing uh, multiple charges, including, so Demargian, um, from Milwaukee is charged with first degree reckless homo- homicide, and he has a $50,000 cash bond. See. Yes. Mm-hmm. Aaron Van Dyke uh, from New London, age 32, um, is charged with first degree reckless homicide, delivery of meth methamphet- methamphetamines which is two counts for that delivery of heroin which he's a party to this one gets me neglect of a child so these people have children out here yeah possession of heroin possession of methamphetamine possession of thc possession of schedule two drugs possession of drug paraphernalia uh certain places enhancer which i don't know what that is by a school a school a park or a zoo so after this there was a hundred thousand dollar cash bond with all of these put together now
0: okay
1: so patrick Roden from new london age 36 was charged with first degree reckless homicide delivery of heroin and had a fifty thousand dollar cash bond Jessica Bell, the girlfriend, um, was charged, and she was from Wapaca, age forty, um, with first degree reckless homicide. So they just nailed her with that mm-hmm. um, delivery of heroin, delivery of methamphetamine, and had a fifty or fifty thousand um, dollar cash bond.
0: It's interesting that they charged her after she called the police, because there is a law in Wisconsin. Like, if you're doing drugs with somebody and they overdose and you call the police, that you're like shielded from charges. Mm. So, uh, something in her actions must have allowed Maybe that, them to charge her,
1: right? Even okay, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it was for something else, but I feel like this has to be related to that yeah, incident. It's gotta be. Okay. Yeah, okay. April Hartigan from New London, age 31, was charged with first-degree reckless homicide, delivery of methamphetamines, delivery of heroin, which is four counts, felony bail jumping, 11 counts, neglect of a child, possession of heroin, possession of methamphetamine, possession of THC, possession of Schedule II drugs, possession of drug paraphernalia, certain places enhancer for a 100,000 cash bond, and she faces up to 40 years in prison on each count of homicide, 12 and a half years for delivery of heroin, and three and a half years on each count of child neglect. The investigation was ongoing after starting in April, and detectives used confidential informants to do six separate controlled drug purchases from April and Aaron. Multiple agencies helped in the investigation, including Wisconsin Department of Justice, the Division of Criminal Investigation, Drug Enforcement Administration, the United States Postal Service. Random, but okay. Are they sending drugs through the mail? That would be nuts. Like, who does that? People do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee Police Department, the New London Police Department, Departments of Correction, and Central Wisconsin Drug Task Force. April appeared before Wapaka County Judge Raymond Huber for a plea hearing Thursday, February twenty fourth, and um, she entered a guilty plea of for two counts of first degree reckless homicide as and party to a crime. Um, the rest have not happened yet, and I would be more than happy to cover that when it does. I just wanted to get my hands in this yeah. in this case, just because. You know it's it's for Kendra really like she yeah. deserves it. she deserves to be spoken of, and even if it was because of this, it doesn't matter right um some
0: because I think the victims they're victims yes, yeah. they get so lost mm-hmm. in everything, yeah, and they didn't choose to be in this situation
1: no, like whatever the case may be, whatever got them started doesn't mean that. They weren't being, I don't know, controlled by by the drug.
0: Right. And it's so hard for people to get help. Mm-hmm. And you have to, even some of the people that are selling it, they're selling it because they want they to want use to get it, it. it. Yeah, And that's the only way they have to get the money to do it. Yeah. And it's sad. you have to have money to get clean and you have to have money for rehab. Yeah. And then even after that, you have to have money to get like suboxone or whatever you need to be on to get off of it.
1: Yeah. It's it's harder to get clean mm-hmm. than it is to just stop.
0: Yeah. And there's people who they just they start off, you know, getting painkillers from the doctors. I don't think mm. they do it as much anymore, but that was the big thing before. Yeah. Like you get an injury and you're getting painkillers from yes. the doctors. Then the doctor suddenly cuts you off mm. after 6 months of oxycodone and you're addicted to opiates yeah and it's cheaper to get heroin
1: i remember i watched the movie four days with mila kunis okay and she in this movie um is i forget what i think it was heroin but she started off because of a leg injury that she had Mm -hmm. in high school or whatever um and the doctor prescribed her that and like that's when it stemmed from and it could be you could be like the straightest person in the world, go through an injury, become addicted to whatever is prescribed to you legally by a doctor and then boom you are now using harder drugs and your life never you never thought that your life would turn out that way.
0: Right.
1: So I'm going to end my portion with two things. Um, One, my intention was not to bring Was to bring to light the effects of drug addiction and to also talk about Kendra and Jordan, as I mentioned before. Um, Just because they died from a drug overdose does not mean that they are bad people, um, that they're not worthy. There is no stigma here from us.
0: No, not at all. We
1: are not judging anybody. And another thing if someone you know comes to you for help about their addiction or you know someone with an addiction don't shame them don't call them names like you calling them a meth head calling them whatever doesn't make them feel like they can get out of it and degrading Mm -hmm. them doesn't make them feel like they're it makes them feel as low as they already feel right and Help them in any way you can with respect with your own boundaries as well. Yeah, I think is important.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, secondly, here are some resources I found to help on situations like this. S M S A M H S A National Helpline is a confidential, free help s- a resource to find substance use treatment and information. Their number is 1-800-662-4357. And then there is a National Institute on Drug Abuse. Uh, They have a really good website. Um, It's another great resource for information on support groups. Um, If somebody that you love, somebody that you know has a drug problem, it gives you information on how to go about that. And then there are treatment information, too, just to see what your options are and yeah. how to go about that. Um,
0: and sometimes you can get money from the county. Like, they don't advertise that. But right. But if you don't have insurance or anything, you could call, like, human services in your county and ask if they have any grants or any oh, that's programs. That's awesome. You never know. Mm-hmm. It's worth trying if yeah. you really want to get clean.
1: Yeah any it it, the worst that they can say is no we don't offer that
0: yeah and And they might have a different
1: resource mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome thank you for including that
0: yeah just call people and ask the question right and have somebody else do it for you
1: right yeah if you're you don't feel like you want to put your name out there or whatever like people i'm sure are willing to help you get clean
0: yeah for sure
1: um so yeah, that is the story of Kendra Ratto and Jordan May. Um, may they, they rest in peace. Um, may nobody talk badly about them for yeah. how they passed. Um, and I hope that they get justice with what goes on in these trials that are um, going to come.
0: Yeah. And that Do is you think it. that'll even be justice if the people get convicted? <sighs>
1: Justice-ish. Ish. Ish, As much as we can possibly get. Um, But no, I mean, there is a loss of life. So how do you replace that? How do you get justice for that, really? Besides it not happening altogether. Right.
0: I think we need a big overhaul of our whole system and how we deal with addiction.
1: Yeah. Like, the shaming needs to stop. Mm -hmm. The, The stigma overall just is shouldn't be there like it is a struggle and unless you've been addicted to something in your life can you really relate can you really speak on it All right i don't think so no. yeah
0: yeah you did a great job
1: thank you i i really wanted to do justice for them yeah well we hope that you keep listening to us and uh we would love for you to share review uh, rating. Is that a thing?
0: Yeah, you can rate on Spotify. You can't leave a review. So if you listen on Spotify, you can rate. You mm-hmm. have to be in an episode to do so. Oh. Some people have said, I don't know how.
1: Yeah. You gotta
0: be in an episode. Okay. And then you can review.
1: Okay. Um and it's just
0: stars. Five stars.
1: Yeah, we would love five stars if you want to <laughs> give that to us. We would love that. Yeah. Um If you have any stories that you want us to cover or anything that's been Um, weird or strange in your life that you want us to read, go ahead and email that over to us at allthesinsofwisconsin, but it's just wi at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and I think that covers all of our stuff. I think it does. Okay, we love you!
0: Yes, we do. Bye. Bye! All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love.
1: If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever
0: you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.